0: Uh huh. I just feel like. I've been around the block. Ripping up fantasy stock. Working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Mm. Researching rookies a lot. No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, uh. brunning, bruning. Pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing. But infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett.
1: Well, all right. We're here. In case you didn't know, the season has been canceled. This is going to be the last podcast for us for probably the rest of the 2020 season because yesterday was complete bullshit. Matt, how are you doing today?
2: It's nice to know that the year may have changed, but our Monday group therapy remains...
1: Oh, it's just so bad, man! Like I'm so many players that got hurt yesterday. I own. I think my biggest one is probably Barkley. I have him in a couple like championship contender teams this year, and I was building all around making my move these next couple years, and then it just throws everything out of whack. Like I don't, I don't even know what to do anymore. I'm not. I mean, yeah. we'll get into it, <laughs> but knowing I have my, to possibly uh... rely on Dion Lewis or I don't even know Wayne Gallman is not thrilling for me. So.
2: My work league team, I was making a joke. I don't know if I'll be able to feel the legal lineup uh, this week because (laughs) of all the injuries that I have. And, you know, that most of them aren't droppable, uh, you know, because they're going to at some point come back. But I was looking at on that team, I have Mostert, Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton, Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas, Paris Campbell, um, Kittle. I was just looking at am like, guys it's only a 16 roster
1: league I don't right know what gonna do oh uh, yeah it's uh you know it's one of those years where you hope your team has ir spots because uh, everybody's going to be using the shit out of them all right so we uh we're going to break down everything that happened sunday we're going to go over obviously all of the injuries as we move along starting with the giants and the bears uh daniel joe nobody did anything here i'm not even gonna worry about recapping all the scores it's just it is what it is ingram had a good day with 12 points if you started him and then obviously uh deon lewis did get you 15.6 i highly doubt anybody was playing deon lewis but he did come through for you in barkley's absence uh most of that obviously again i don't even remember what it was, it was like the first quarter that barkley went down it was not that yeah. that late into the game i mean obviously he only gets you 2.8 points here but Jones struggled. I think
2: he only had like four carries.
1: Yeah, it was it wasn't much, but Jones struggled. Shepard struggled and got hurt. Uh, Slayton did not do nearly as much as uh, he did the week prior. It was just, it was a bad week altogether. Uh, it was confirmed earlier today that Barkley is now done with the ACL. He is out for the rest of the season. Uh, there was then news earlier this morning that Devonta Freeman is now visiting the New York giants. Obviously, Me and you will be back again tomorrow if anything becomes official. But right now, it's just kind of speculation he'll go there. So the two guys on the roster are Dion Lewis and Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman was inactive yesterday. I would assume he'll be active moving forward. I guess if you had to put your money on any of those three fab-wise, which one are you doing it or or, are you even doing it? Are you even just – you're like, I'm just out on the New York Giants backfield altogether. Where are you kind of going here?
2: I don't really think you can afford to be out on any backfield. The way it's going. Um, But we'll probably talk about it more when we're ranking kind of the waiver choices. I'm not super high on the Giants. I know Wayne Gallman had one or two uh, good performances. I think it was really just one explosive game uh, when Barkley was gone. And otherwise, a lot of people went out and picked him up, and it was kind of a bummer. Uh, We've seen Deion Lewis enough to know that that's kind of a bummer. I might lean more toward him because I think he'd get the passing game work. And that seemed to be the only place where Barkley was making headway.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he looked good yesterday. Obviously again, he was like the only back they had available on their roster though, after Barkley got hurt when those active for the game. So they kind of had to use him everywhere. Mm-hmm with Gallman back, I don't think Lewis gets that much work, but I'm kind of with you. Gallman's never really been that passing down back. So you're probably going to go Lewis. Now, if they sign Freeman, that'll be a little bit more interesting to me because we know he can do both. He did that in Atlanta, but I would imagine he's not going right out there and starting in week three. He hasn't been on a football field. So you're probably looking at five, maybe week six before you really start to see him out there kind of getting workload. So, yeah, like Matt Matt just said, we'll talk about it obviously more tomorrow when we start ranking our waiver wire targets. Hopefully we'll get more news for sure on Devonta Freeman. But right now I'm with you. I'm probably leaning Lewis if it ends up just being Lewis and Gallman. But you're not going to feel good about it anyway. <laughs> you have him in your lineup. But it's, it's unfortunately kind of where we're at. <coughs> Uh, Chicago here actually has a pretty good game. Trubisky, while he didn't do what he did in week one, comes through with 13 points. Montgomery has the big day with 21. Tariq Cohen straight off the extension only gets you three points. And Robinson struggles here again with just six. Um, so I guess a couple thoughts here on the the Bears' offense. Do you think Trubisky is the guy? Now this is two games in a row. I don't think any yeah. of us. And nobody that I know of thought Chicago was going to be sitting at 2-0 and to start off the season after everything that happened last year. And I, I think it's fair to be say this. He looks more like the guy we saw two years ago, which is something I was saying. Hey, if he can get back to that, Chicago might actually be a good team and Mitchell be good. It looks like they finally found that healthy balance. So are you believing in Trubisky being the guy moving forward?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think he was motivated uh, and inspired. And let's be honest, Nick Foles, while he is competition, didn't exactly light any of our worlds on fire because outside of two specific stints in Philadelphia, He has not been incredible, uh, you know, as a starter. I think he's a great choice as, like, your backup guy. And in this season, you you might need that a lot. But Trubisky has looked pretty decent. I mean, it's two weeks, so we'll see. He did have a couple of INTs um, yesterday that weren't incredible. And he was, you know, we forget because of his finish in Detroit, he had a little bit of a slow start uh, to that game where, where, you know, I remember the tweets from the first and second quarter talking about, oh, same old Mitch. Um, But it'll be interesting. I was excited to see Montgomery not only run pretty well, but get involved in the passing game. I think that was a good sign. On the flip side, you know, I think Robinson hopefully will get going. I am starting to fade Cohen because I thought yesterday they would try to feature him and get him involved after announcing that big extension. And two weeks in a row now, we've not really seen him be much a part of anything they're doing. And if if they're going to start throwing to Montgomery – what specifically is Cohen's role? Does he now become yeah. a poor man's Joe Bernard?
1: I think so. I think Cohen is more game script dependent. Like I, I do think that's a, a big reason why we saw him out there so much last year. Is the Bears were down in almost every single game, where this is kind of what me and me and Dennis talked about. Because you weren't you weren't with us that first year that we were really big on Montgomery was that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a good running back, and you, we saw it yesterday. I do think Montgomery is going to be the guy now moving forward, so if you grabbed him late, well, I think he was going like 6th, 7th round and, and uh, redrafts and everything this year, you've got a really good running back as long as he can stay healthy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm fading Cohen. I guess the big one is Robinson. I mean, I was kind of high on him. You know, we I think we all were going in. I know Tony was the highest out of all of those when we did our wide receiver rankings, and the fact that he's – been in the top 10 every single year even having Mitch bad as bad as he was last year Robinson still finished in the top 10 now Mitch is playing better and Robinson cannot get off the ground do you think it's just one of those slow starts for him or are you starting to kind of our alarm bells starting to go off if you own Robinson
2: I'm more concerned after you know the first week you know Detroit has some some players they have some scheme We saw the Giants don't have much in the way of a secondary, so it's a little uh, concerning, but Chicago didn't put up a huge volume of yards or points in either of these games, so we'll have to see if it gets going, but I think definitely for the time being, instead of seeing him as a wide receiver one, I'm thinking of him more in the wide receiver two category.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately, where you drafted, you've got to start him anyway, more likely, unless you just somehow lucked out and got three wide receiver ones on your team. So it, it sucks. I'm someone who owns Robinson in a couple places as well and you're just kind of starting him and hoping for the best at this point. I do hope that he bounces back. I think at this point, too, uh, I know there were reports that came out yesterday that him and Chicago are starting to talk again about an extension. If that doesn't come through, this is technically a contract year for him, so he's going to have to kind of to put up better numbers if he wants to get paid. I think probably the uh, craziest game of Sunday, the Falcons losing to the Cowboys somehow 39-40, to 40, um, did not at no, God, I don't. I don't think Atlanta fans are saying that right now. Uh, I mean, we expected this to be a shootout, and it did not look like it was going to be that through halftime. It looked like Atlanta was just going to be good to go, twenty nothing. Uh, but it does turn into that. Ryan, twenty eight points. Gurley just six. Julio Jones probably the most surprising here with just four. Uh, Calvin Ridley, the
2: wide open touchdown. Yeah, from Russell Gage. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, Calvin Ridley, 29 points, Russell Gage, 16, and then Hayden Hurst, 18 points. So I guess my Hayden Hurst call came through just because he got wide open, though. It was all that one play where he got wide open, but still, it did work for me. Uh, I mean, for me, I'm not worried about Julio. It was a bad game. Julio had a great yeah. game last week. Again, like you said, if he doesn't drop that pass, and I think part of it was just I mean, I don't know. Why does it happen sometimes? Why does they get that wide open and they're already expecting to be in the end zone? He just kind of took his eyes off at last minute. It is what it is. But Calvin Ridley, two weeks in a row. I think I know. I don't think it was. It was thirty plus points. So thirty plus yeah. points last he had two week. Two
2: touchdowns last week too.
1: Just under thirty points this week. Is Calvin Ridley the new one in Atlanta? Because if so, I'm gonna be fucking pissed because I passed on him on a and a lot of drafts because I did I thought he would be good but I did not think he would be this good and and I think in all honesty if you got him and I think he was going fourth fifth round in some leagues I mean if you got him he might end up being a league winner if he's going to be this good every single week what are your thoughts on Ridley
2: Yeah, I think that's – it. you know, we're always looking for that receiver that's going to take the leap, Um, and I think I was not giving him enough credit to – I don't know if I'm ready to say he's the number one there because of Julio's body of work, but I think we learned a a couple things through two weeks. Atlanta fundamentally doesn't have a defense, so they're going to be throwing a lot, which is great for apparently all those pieces except for Todd Gurley because we've seen two eh, (laughs) – You know, and really, you can't milk the clock if you're not up, and it doesn't seem like he's a big part of their receiving game. Hurst is coming on. It's been good for Gage, but I think you know, until we see something different, Calvin Ridley is a wide receiver one.
1: Yeah, and I was say I saw a lot of. I, I was kind of in and out of this game. I was watching a lot of red zone and switching back and forth between a couple games. Uh, I saw a lot more of Edo Smith than I expected in that game as well. So, I mean, if I'm a Todd Gurley well, owner, I Ito's honest, parents expected it too. Exactly. I think if you're a Todd Gurley owner, you're kind of freaking out right now. Um, what about, can I join? Absolutely. You can join what, any questions you want, go ahead and ask away. We will do our best to give you the right answer. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be right in the end. I've been kind of, well, I had actually a couple of good calls. We Edelman had him in my top 10. I, I think that one kind of paid off for me last night. Uh, before we move on to Dallas really quick, uh, our Hearst, are you kind of believing it now? Again, most of his points did come on that broken play. Uh, outside of that, I didn't see a whole lot out of him. Obviously, I'm happy because, I, as I talked about, I have him in a lot of places, and I was expecting him to to kind of have a big week here. But I'm a little worried that most of that came on the big play. What are your thoughts on Hurst?
2: I mean, I would say I would put him in the, the top 15. Um, I think tight end's still a little volatile. Uh, and I think – so we've seen now two games for Atlanta, big numbers all the way around, three – excellent receiving options, one middling receiving option. This week it was Julio Jones. Is it always going to be Julio Jones? Probably not. I would put my money on it often rotating between Gage and Hurst. This happened to be a strange game where those guys and Julio didn't. Um, But I I think we can have three great games. I don't know that you can have four people with great games.
1: Yeah, that'll be – I think it's at this point where unless you have – one of those other top tight ends, which I wouldn't think you do because of how early Hurst was going, that you're going to have to start him and hope that it's just, you know, the week that it's not him, he still gets you like six, seven points or at least it's serviceable tight. Cause I think week one, he got me like three. Yeah.
2: So and that's what we've seen even with, you know, with like uh, Goddard who I think is, is a tight end one. He exploded week one. He was moderate week two. Ertz, you know, was kind of lower week one. Yeah. I just think that's a little bit of the nature of the position.
1: Yeah, there's only a couple guys now I think are going to be putting up points every week. One of them is is your guy there in Denver who had a huge game uh, this past week.
2: I mean, even Uh, Mark Andrews this week we'll get to only had one catch for 29 yards. So it's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Uh, For Dallas, uh, I mean, everybody went off here. Prescott, 39 points. Zeke, 22. Cooper, 16. uh, Lamb, 17. Gallup, 7. And then Dalton Schultz, 21. Gallup was the weird one for me we talked about this a little bit on Friday because Dennis was high on Cooper Cooper and Lamb low on Gallup but me and you were high on Gallup and Lamb because we thought Cooper was going to get the matchup and they did move around I think again I I was kind of back and forth on this game I did see Cooper in the slot a fair amount but they were definitely moving their wide receivers around I mean I kind of feel like Lamb and Cooper complement themselves so well. I kind of feel like it's going to move more and more toward Gallup being the odd man out every single week.
2: That's, yeah, that was my concern after watching two weeks of game flow. I actually had Cooper and Gallup high both weeks and Lamb a little yeah. bit lower, but with what we're seeing, especially uh, to me in the clutch, they were looking for those two, both yeah. Lamb and Gallup or Lamb and Cooper were making. And so, we wondered, isn't, I think Gallup's pretty close to the end of his rookie deal. Amari Cooper just signed a long-term deal. Yeah. We we have some of us had thought, you know, one of the two of us on here thought that maybe Cooper was the one they were going to find a way out of his contract. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe. Well,
1: I mean, they do have a way out next year, so we'll see. I'm still, I'm not saying it won't happen, but... Yeah, uh, the other big surprise in this one was Dalton Schultz, and now so I guess my big question for you here is because he's a guy who's probably on the waiver wire. I don't know how many people, even if they lost Blake Jarwin, went and picked up Dalton Schultz after uh, the injury last week. Do you think that that's more of a? Game script thing with the the shootout there in Atlanta. I mean, he got a – I can't remember off yeah. the top, of man. It was a ton of targets, though. And and Blake Jarwin was actually getting targets in that week one game as well. So is it something you think just game script dependent on based on the high-scoring game, or is he someone you would actually look at possibly picking up?
2: I mean, given the way this year is going, I don't think anyone that could potentially be a starter at any position should be left on the wire uh, the way it's going. I don't – I'd like to see it against someone other than Atlanta.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I think the bad thing is, and again, we'll talk more about that stuff tomorrow. But the bad thing is, you're probably gonna have to pick him up this week with the week that he had because yeah. he won't be on the waiver wire. So, well,
2: the real question is, is, is Schultz and or you know, you said they were targeting Jarwin. Are that did we make a mistake? And that's what's getting targeted at the expense of a Gallup. third receiver. Yeah, Could be. in this case, Gallup.
1: All right. Uh, Lions, Packers. Lions lose this one 21 to 42. Stafford gets you 16 points. Swift 12. Johnson. Johnson. Johnson 9. AP 4. Marvin Jones 12. Cephas 8 and Hawkinson 10. What no, are you kind No. And, and I mean, it's so frustrating too. Like, let's Stafford, you're starting Stafford. I mean, unless you've got one of the top. He's going to be a good quarterback every single week. He's been more than average. You're good with him. I think. Galladay supposed to come back next week. So I think if he's – I do think they kind of held him out because he wasn't fully healthy. I would expect he's going to be healthy coming into this week. So you're likely moving back to the – you're starting Galladay. Marvin Jones is that flex kind of wide receiver three option. That's going to figure itself out. The pain in the ass thing is these running backs. And, and I don't know what to do because Swift was out there more than anybody else. He does come away with more points, most of that being because of what he does in the receiving game. But I mean, why was Carry On out there? He looked dead, and he in got week the goal one. Line, Carrie, yeah, I mean, he it's, it's so, so it, frustrating.
2: My takeaway is right now Swift is probably a high end RV three, low end RV two, and he's the only one I'm playing. We're gonna have yeah. to watch and see. Was Week One a lot of AP because Carry On was more hurt than they let on? Was Week One an aberration? Did AP say something that pissed off Matt Patricia? Did Carry On Johnson take nude photos of Matt Patricia and is now holding them for Ransom?
1: <laughs> sure.
2: I mean, when I saw Carry On Johnson with a rushing touchdown, I was like, that's the most 2020 thing I've seen. And then we saw yeah. 20 more other things. So right now, Detroit's running game isn't good enough to spend a lot of time carrying.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the one thing I will say for Swift, if you're looking for a little bit of upside, I own him in a couple places. I, I did think that he's going to end up being the guy there for them. I do think this is a good sign in the fact that if carry-on or AP get injured, I do think Swift is going to kind of take more of a stranglehold. But until that happens with the way that they're using him, you just you just can't, you, you can't expect anything out of him. Again, still 12.2 points is not a bad week if you're throwing him you know, if you got the two, three flex spotsers and RB three, that's perfect for yeah. you. But you can't expect well, him to right. be an RB two.
2: I think you got to think of him like peak theoretic because yeah. right now he's getting the receiving work. He's in there when they're trying to move the ball, and Detroit looks like a team that's going to be capable of being down a lot. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he's getting the red zone goal line carries. So that will, to me, right now, limit his upside.
1: For the Packers' side, the Aarons crush it. Aaron Rodgers, 19 points. Aaron Jones, 45. We saw this a little bit out of him last year, too. He had a couple of those games where he was just Aaron Jones on the ground, in the air. So if you're an Aaron Jones owner, you were thrilled. He heard us
2: uh, talking all offseason about how he couldn't get 19 touchdowns again and said, hold my beer, because he's had four touchdowns through two games.
1: And I, God, I really hope the Packers re-sign him. He's a guy I invested in in this offseason in a couple startups because I just I think he's such a good running back. If they re-sign him, close
2: to an extension, and that's I, what I they're would,
1: saying. Things yeah, like,
2: things like this, I'll put
1: it over the top. Yeah. The,
2: uh, you know what? Green Bay is another team. I'm just gonna say I was I was wrong.
1: The I still believe as know, long as they have Aaron Rodgers, I'm gonna believe in him. If I and that's well, really the only reason I and believe. And it looks like if I'm they being needed honest. to
2: go out and get weapons. And oh, their offense is gonna fall off. Matt LaFleur had an idea. Aaron Rodgers is not dead and they know what they're doing.
1: Well, I think you gotta give props to them on the fact that they clearly they clearly believe that MVS and Lazard were gonna take the step forward that we've seen them take, which we didn't there was no way we could have known that. So I think that's kind of where, where Dennis, you and Dennis you know well, Dennis knew MVS would, yes, but he's been saying that for three years, so eventually that was going to hit. But I think that it makes sense where you're in Dennis's hesitation came in because there's no way you would have known that. We didn't get to see any practices or anything like that. We didn't know any of that stuff. But we're going to save Adams for last because that's going to be more interesting. MVS 9.4, Lazard 7.5. Uh, they got a, an uptick in work because Adams goes out in the third quarter with a tight hamstring. I haven't seen anything else on it. Uh,
2: I did. Uh, They said he actually could have come back in, but they were so much that they weren't worried about. They expect he'll take it easy in practice, but there is, at this time, no fear of missing a game. So that is the one injury to a massively important player that feels uh, encouraging on this Monday morning.
1: Well, then I will ask, because even though they say that, are you a little bit worried? Because we've seen him with these lower leg injuries. I mean, a hamstring, it's one of those things. I mean, again, I'm not an elite athlete by any means necessary, but I've pulled my hamstring before. And one day it's horrible, and then a couple days later, I'm like, all right, it actually feels good. And then you try and go out there and run again, and it it pops right back, and you're like, oh, crap. So if you're an Adam's owner, you're starting him. There's no way you can't. You can't just assume. But is it one of those things where you're like, you're probably, in my opinion, you're probably holding your breath now every Sunday when he goes out there until you probably probably him three, four weeks of playing with no more injuries.
2: I mean, I feel like that's been the Adams or just the 2020 experience in general. Yeah. But, I, uh, you know, we'll have a better idea a week from now whether his injury is more Kenny holiday or James Conner-esque. Yeah. Um, from the description, it's James Conner-esque
1: yeah I mean again we'll we'll keep updated on that throughout the week and if anything happens between now and Friday, we'll keep you guys updated before we preview the Packers game but I, I mean it was a as an Adams owner, it sucked. I'm glad that I'm glad now that I know he's okay, but as someone where I was sitting there he he got me six points and then he could have gone back. I'm like, bro, I could have used to get a couple more points out of especially after losing Saquon in the leagues that I lost. But it is what it is. It's good to know, as you said, with everybody that did get hurt yesterday, uh, that he is still going to hopefully be playing by next week. Jaguars, Titans, this was a very interesting game. Gardner Minshew is is selling the Trevor Lawrence Who shirts everywhere I've seen down in Jacksonville. He is doing everything he can to secure that job to be their franchise quarterback moving forward. He gets you 23 points. James Robinson with 21, Chris Thompson, 11, DJ Chark, 12, Chenault, 10, and Keelan Cole, 17. Uh, Let's do – I want to save Minshew for last. I guess if you drafted James Robinson or if you picked him up off the waiver wire with what he's shown the past two weeks, I know last week – we were both, I believe, hesitant on kind of him being the guy. I was, I think, when I, Rykel, I said, yeah. I know when Ryqual Armstead come back or Divine and Zigbo, I think it's still going to be a split backfield. I think with what Robinson showed in the past two weeks, that is not true. I think it's going to be him unless he gets injured. What are your thoughts on him?
2: Yeah, I think he, he looked uh, pretty good because the Titans have a, have a very decent run uh, defense. Um, so, yeah, I, this week for sure, I think. You put him into the RB2 category.
1: Yeah, if he is somehow still available on your waiver wire, he is my number one waiver pickup because he he looked good, and they clearly want to use him. Uh, wide receivers, I think I'm a little worried about Shark right now. Uh, he's not getting targeted as much as I thought he was. He's caught all of his targets, which is – Kind of not, and I wouldn't say surprising because we knew Chark was a good wide receiver, but I thought he was going to be the for sure one. Uh, we saw Chennault and Keelan Cole get a lot of targets this week. And I think part of that is Chark is now getting the top cornerback in every single matchup. Maybe he did prove last year that he could handle that. But, you know, again, Titans defense, we didn't really see him do much against the Colts, which is surprising to me. But Titans, as you just mentioned, good defense, so maybe it's just that. Uh, I do think, for me personally, not necessarily alarm bells going off, but I'm I'm lowering expectations a little bit on him. I think I had him 13 or 14 for the season i think i'm probably lowering him closer to 17 to 20 range so not much but i'm dropping his expectations a little bit now i know you were lower than on him than me and dennis were so that's probably you were at least right now looking like you kind of called that perfectly with with what you expected from chart
2: well and i think the biggest takeaway has been if you have westbrook you can drop him because he's not in their plans Chris Conley, who, uh, you know, Dennis was high about, I thought had some late-round potential. We missed the guy that had the late-round potential is Cole, who's caught two touchdowns in two games. He yeah. looks like the guy that's complimentary in there, and then LaVisca Chenault, uh is getting some stuff done. But, I, you know, I think the biggest takeaway for me through two weeks is, um, I don't know if you can feel it coming on the air, but I feel like that Minshew mania is grabbing hold again. Um, Yeah, he actually he looks like he could be quarterback. And even though we I still think they're going to end up with a high draft pick just because they need to rebuild and reload. They're a lot of fun to watch. They remind me actually of what I liked about Miami last year.
1: Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, we'll see. That's the thing, though. If he keeps winning, I don't know. I guess it's going to depend on how the draft falls. Obviously, they played really well, but they yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but I'm Amazing. saying if they if they keep winning, though, if they win, like say, though that's the one thing. If they end up like the Dolphins did last year, like you just mentioned, they end up with the fifth draft pick. You're still probably you won't. I don't think you'll see Trevor Lawrence or Fields there, but you can still see a Trey Lance, uh, a Brock Purdy, Desmond Ritter, oh, one of those thing. guys.
2: Even if they go five and 11, 6 and ten, if this is how Minshew looks, take something else. You don't have to take. Oh yeah, the yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. When you're that's at the I'm top,
2: saying. look at the Giants took a tackle. I mean, maybe yeah. that's not a example because that didn't well, work. Yeah, no, but but you know, we saw San Francisco who thought that they had a quarterback who took a premiered pass rusher and ends yeah. up rebuilding their defense. I think the way it's looking, if I was looking at the Jags, I wouldn't be sold on taking a quarterback at the top right now.
1: Well, see, and that's gonna be the interesting thing though, because if they do finish that low, we all we all think Doug Marone's gonna be gone. So then I think that's gonna really depend on the new does cause they don't have a G I would imagine I can't remember who their GM, is, GM. is Caldwell? Is it Caldwell right? Is it still I can't remember?
2: They hired somebody who's the GM now.
1: I would imagine, well, did they hire a new guy? I thought he was still the same with, because uh, I know they had Giants head coach, uh, what's his it name? Tom Coughlin. C- was like the, the czar of all football operations. I thought that Shad Khan said that, at, yeah. depending on this year, like both uh, Marone yeah, right. and whoever, they're is it Caldwell? Caldwell's the GM. That both would be gone at, after this year. So I would think that, you're bringing in a new GM and head coach. Unless Khan comes in and says, "Hey, Minshew's going to be your guy," they may not want Minshew. So that that's what things are going to be interesting. Because I agree, like yeah. even through just two games, to me he's shown. Because it goes back to last year too, what he showed. It's like I, I do truly believe. While he's not going to be up in that elite category, I think he's definitely better than mid tier. He's in, he's in that bottom of the one tier to the top of two tier of quarterbacks in the NFL right now. He He's clearly showed that he can win you games. I mean, again, Tennessee is not an easy team to beat and they stayed with him. And I don't even think it's their fault that they lost really. So it's a, uh, I mean, they, they're Minshew's good. I think we, I think I might've been wrong. I have him in a couple places, so I'm happy about it, but I, I don't know if it's going to be necessarily Trevor Lawrence uh, suiting up for the Jaguars next year on tennessee side ryan tannehill had himself a day 26 points hunter hunter henry derrick henry gets stopped uh again this week last week against denver now this week against jacksonville with just eight points Corey davis gets you 12 uh humphreys as you called correctly gets 15 and Johnu smith has a huge week
2: with 24 talk points. about uh, Khalif raymond and his uh his huge contribution?
1: Nah, what are you talking about? Who talked about Khalif Ray? And that was Dennis. Yeah. I don't know what you are talking about. <laughs> yeah, in a
2: in a passive passing game for the Titans you know
1: it's just he's just he's just fooling you this week. He wanted he wanted you to look good with the Humphreys call, and he's going to come out big next week. Just you watch. He was fooling one, one of us. I am pretty sure. It wasn't <laughs> uh, so Tannehill, I mean, I don't know what else there is to say except for. Solid. He's looked what we saw last year. We were all worried if he could do it this year, he's done it. So I think unless he gets injured, you're rolling Tannehill out as the top quarterback every single week. He's got, he's got top 12 potential.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And they actually, I mean, the, the big thought was that they didn't need a lot in terms of pass, but we've seen two weeks in a row uh, that they couldn't just sit back and rely on pounding the ball with Derrick Henry. And he's had to throw them to victory. And he did it in very different ways, but he's managed to do it. And I think uh, one of your best calls is Johnny Smith, who looks yeah. incredible. I think he's definitely we were, you know, what's and there was seemed to be camps. Johnny Smith's going to have a huge breakout. No, it's going to be Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas zero. He he pulled a Khalif Raymond yesterday. Johnny Smith has three touchdowns in two weeks. He looks like he's ascending.
1: Well, in fairness, I was on the Ian Thomas train last year and the beginning part of this year. I did sour a little bit on him as things went as I boosted my John New Smith stock up. But I, I did think Ian Thomas was going to have a good year. Yeah, John New, again, I, I think a lot of it for me just came from what we saw out of him last year, not just him kind of coming on toward the end of last year when Tannehill really started coming on, but the fact that they were willing to like use him in the run game and everything. I mean, he's just a freak athlete. And if he – I think his biggest thing was you had Delaney Walker there who – you know, was a very good tight end for a long time. And then Johnny Smith also suffered injuries for the first couple of years of his career. He's finally fully healthy. So yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's looked like a stud. I think as long as AJ Brown's and even when Brown comes back, he's going to be the guy. Um, I, I, we got to talk about it. Corey Davis is, is it, is this happening? Cause this is two weeks in a row now. I don't think we've ever seen um, him have two good, two, 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 two good weeks in a row. I mean, this is two he, in a row. He was,
2: he was just Okay. So um, uh, twelve points. Yeah, that's not bad. Well, because he gets a he gets a touchdown. Right. But I think he nice. only has three three for thirty six, something like that.
1: Well, that's because everything uh, was going to Johnny Smith, but
2: and Humphreys. So, I mean Humphrey's yeah. outscored him. I feel like Davis is doing better if Brown is in there. Somebody to draw coverages off yeah. with Brown out. Um, Davis became more of a focal point, but you know I think he legitimately could end up. Wide receiver three, low end wide receiver two, especially given <laughs> the decimation yeah. of this year.
1: I guess, and I was going to move on, but I got to ask. I mean, Derrick Henry, we're, we're, maybe we were right and he just had a phenomenal year last year, and he's going to come back to what we kept talking about all last year. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself. It is only two weeks, and I went back and looked at it, and he was not actually much better last year two weeks in. The only difference was he had an extra rushing touchdown, I think, last year compared to now. So I guess, are you panicking on Derrick Henry? Is it just one of those things where you think it's going to take a couple weeks? You know, we've I've talked about it's kind of preseason, in my opinion, no. for some of these teams, a couple weeks to kind of get into it.
2: I'm not really panicking. I think for big running backs like that, November, December is really where they start to take over. I also think if Tennessee can continue to pass and develop this kind of a passing offense, which watching how they played against Denver and looking at what they did yesterday, they're actually trying to get their receivers involved, trying to open things up a little bit more. That will benefit Henry in the long run too because he won't see as many eight-man boxes.
1: Vikings and the Colts. The Vikings eleven, Colts twenty eight. Kirk Cousins negative one point. I mean, I here's the bad. Thing. I don't know. I'm glad I didn't take Captain that, Clutch. But. I know some people were talking, and some people obviously had them in, uh, had him in their Scott Fishbowl leagues. At one point, had like negative twenty points. I mean, my god, that is just so bad, man. As much as I want to
2: revel in it, it's not all him. They oh have, yeah, we we've talked about Philly's offensive line problems. Minnesota is not much better and they do not have the complementary weapons, uh, that appears like to go around. So people can key on Thielen, people can key on cook and they, they look really bad. So maybe Kevin Stefanski was a lot better offensive coach than I give him credit for.
1: Well, and here's, here's the interesting thing for me too, is that, I called this at the beginning of the year, and I feel like it's not going to happen. But like I said, it when it happened, I know we did our bold calls, and my bold call was Minnesota. Was how much are they going to regret re-signing Mike Zimmer because he's supposed to be this defensive guru? Their defenses looked like complete shit the past two weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. it's been bad. That offensive yeah, line, you're right, has been bad.
2: like he was half dead. Yeah, one, and he came out and stoned him. Although it was mostly the running game, but this was a terrible game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, it it was bad. So Except I guess for our
2: love of Jonathan Taylor
1: knows yeah. not.
2: But aside from that, this was a pretty terrible game.
1: Well, I mean, Cousins obviously is getting affected by the offensive line that you just mentioned. Cook still comes through with a good game. He gets you 17 points. Stealendo does struggle Touchdown. with just six. I mean, where you, you have to start those two, though. I mean, regardless of how yeah. bad this offense might look, you can't, there's no way. Maybe I guess the question is you're not moving on from Cook because Cook is just too damn good. And even with the bad offensive line, we've seen he can produce. But Thielen, is this maybe one of those things where you just, you try and move him now before things get bad? Are you still kind of holding steady on him? What are your thoughts?
2: I feel like Thielen's value is still not high enough. Like, if you had moved him after week one, he might have, Yanged up, but if now you're going to move them after this, this might have confirmed some people's worst fears that Minnesota is not looking good. You know, we were thinking at least garbage time might help, which is what helped against Green Bay, but they couldn't get enough going for garbage time to be effective here. I don't even think. I mean, the Colts have an okay defense, but I don't consider them like premier pass rushing, smothering defense. I would be real concerned about what they're going to be able to do against Khalil Mack and the Bears, which they get to play twice. Uh, you know, Detroit has some guys up front, and they also play teams like Seattle and some other tough NFC contenders. I think they play the NFC West teams this year, which means, you know, I know San Francisco's got a lot of injuries, but they still have a lot of guys, Aaron Donald's in the for the Rams. I, I would be concerned.
1: Yeah. On Indy's side, you mentioned it. They kind of they ran the ball down their throats. Jonathan Taylor, my guy, nineteen points. I'm so happy about that. Philip Rivers, gets ten points for
2: all the people that blew their fab on. Uh... Naheim Hines. Naheem
1: Hines. Oh, I know. I know. I, I mean, hey, again, if you listen to us, you didn't do it. I, again, I didn't suggest not getting him because I still think Hines will be good throughout the yeah. year, but don't blow your entire fab on a guy who is game script dependent. Uh, he does get you just one point. Pittman gets you seven, Hilton five, and then Mo Alley Cox 16, which we've kind of seen Mo Alley Cox have these games with Jack Doyle out. So. If you're the Doyle owner, or if even if you're not, say you're the – I'm trying to think of someone. I don't think any tight ends. Ian I Thomas, owner. Yeah. yeah you, well, Thomas. I mean, I hope you didn't just draft Ian Thomas and hope that he was going to be the starter. But if you're the, you know, a, a whatever, Kittle owner where he may be out for a couple of weeks, you know, are you going more Jordan Reed or Mo Alley-Cox? Which way would you go?
2: Scott Fishbowl, I uh, picked up Jordan Reed. And Did you I know? don't regret that decision
1: Yeah. No, I wouldn't
2: I either. Saturday night, I was like, well, this will probably suck. But I'm look, looking at the returns, like,
1: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he actually had a very know. good
2: game. That's the question about Mo Alleycocks. You're right. We've seen it happen a couple of times. Yeah. They, you know, until we can see it happen when Doyle's there, uh, it makes me very nervous. And also, I don't think this is going to be an incredibly high volume passing offense. Hilton's yeah. given you nothing in two weeks. Pittman, very little. Paris Campbell uh, is, you know, they said it wasn't a torn ACL, which is good, but he's going to miss some time. Zach Pascal doesn't really light my heart on fire. Um, Hines, you know, I think one of the reasons we didn't see a great game from Hines is because they were up and they were just pounding the rock. But when they're competitive or behind, I think that you'll see him catching more passes. I don't think Rivers looks great.
1: No. Yeah, and I mean, I'm going to be – I think the three of us outside of probably Tony, were all saying that to begin with. I, I did not think that it was the, I, I did not think it was a fluke that he looked as bad as he did last year for the Chargers. I thought that was more of just, that was what Philip Rivers was. Unfortunately, it sucks to see, but I think that's what it was, which is again, why I was so high on Jonathan Taylor, because I really felt like with as bad as rivers was going to be, in my opinion, they were going to rely on Taylor a lot. And they clearly did yesterday. I think that's just going to be the goal moving forward. As long as Taylor doesn't get hurt. I think even in close games, even if they're behind a touchdown or two, Taylor's still going to get some of that passing work. So I think, you know, if you listen to me and you drafted Taylor fourth, fifth round, third round, I know I grabbed him in the third in a bunch of drafts. You're, you're going to be very happy because I truly think now I would even say top 10, top eight running back on yeah. the year. I think he's going to be an absolute stud.
2: He'll definitely finish higher than Saquon Barkley.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, Bills and oh, one more thing on the 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 Colts, really quick. I I do think Mo Alley Cox might be. We'll again talk a little bit more about it tomorrow. Or Doyle if Doyle comes back. I think both those guys have an increase of value because of Paris Campbell being out. Once Campbell comes back, I think his value will go back. But with him being out, they don't have any true like th- threat in that res- uh slot role that Rivers likes to target. So I think that could go to the tight ends. Might be why we saw the the Mo Cox game yesterday. Uh, Bills and Dolphins here. Bills win 31, Dolphins 28. Uh, Josh Allen continuing his very early uh, MVP candidacy this year with 34 points. Singletary 9, Moss 3, Diggs 29, and Brown 18. Um, you know, very interesting how much we saw them pass last week or last week, uh, yesterday, especially with uh, that defense that Miami has, which is a pretty good pass defense all in all. Yeah. Do you think that's more based on. Singletary and Moss both being kind of eh, and they actually have some very good weapons on the outside.
2: Yeah, I think they want to open it up more. Um, You know, I was watching Football Night in America and they were breaking down Buffalo with a lead uh, driving against Miami. If you would have seen, uh, the year prior, they probably would have just tried to grind it out. And, and, but instead they went over the top and launched one to John Brown in the end zone. We've seen Brown, you know, there was worry that either Diggs or Brown would be good and they'd alternate each week. They found a way to keep them both good. Cole Beasley even had a decent game, hasn't done much for our boy Dawson Knox, but uh, it's still early. I think there's two teams that we've thought of as traditional running powers that seem to have, said hey we're gonna let our quarterback go one is josh allen and one is what we'll get to at the sunday night game but
1: yeah
2: allen looks good and you combine that with his rushing him kyler murray russell wilson lamar patrick yeah. mahomes that is a pretty tight core up there
1: And not only that, dude, the Allen, I think Allen, you know, kind of like I mentioned earlier with Calvin Ridley, Allen could end up being a league winner. I mean, he was a guy that people were getting Mm -hmm. double-digit rounds, and he's could, I think, very easily has a chance to be the number one scoring quarterback this year Mm -hmm. if he keeps doing what he did, and I think – You have to give props to the Buffalo GM as well and bringing over a guy like Stephon Diggs, who is such a good route runner, but has that huge catch radius as well, which we talked about on here. It it helps a guy like Josh Allen because he's not the most accurate, but if he gets it in the area of Stephon Diggs, he's going to come down with it. Uh, Last thing on the Bills, is Brown getting into that territory where he's a worthy flex starter? I mean, this is twice now he's become startable with Diggs on the other side
2: and we tried not to believe that he was going to be good last year and and he just kept proving us wrong you know i think unless they revert back to like a frank gore grinded out game which apparently they've gifted to the jets um i I think both he and Diggs can be successful and can go as goose together and this might actually be a real fun team to watch i think buffalo senses this is their time and they're making their moves
1: I feel like we were actually right now, although I'm still worried about Cam Newton and the Patriots, but I feel like we're a little bit vindicated on our love for Buffalo, so... Uh, Miami side here, Ryan Fitzpatrick bounces back after the bad week last week, 24 points. Jordan Howard, just six. Miles Gaskin continues to look like the best guy in this backfield with 14 points. Devontae Parker, 16. Preston Williams, five. And then Mike Gasicki, 27. Gasicki was that other guy that a lot of people, like oh, I was talking about John New Smith. A lot of other people were on Gasicki as he kind of moved himself into that territory now with John New Smith, where it's just, it's a must start now every single week.
2: Yeah, I think we've seen a couple of things. You know, this was more the fun dolphins team we saw last year. I don't think either of us thought they'd be incredibly successful, but they can be fun to watch at times. They still have no running game, and it doesn't look like that's going to get any better. Jordan Howard looks like the guy they're going to put in there to. I can't. They had some guy last year that was the same thing. Had like four carries for a yard and a touchdown. You know, um, but Gasicki has looked like the the best option in the passing game in the last couple of weeks i know parker's been dinged up and williams i hope william picks it up at some point but right now gasecki looks like the best bet
1: yeah, and I mean, I'll, I mean, Parker looks like he can continue to be startable. I, mean, I did not expect him to look that good with the injury. Uh, Gaskin's interesting to me because of how much they had him out there, not just running the ball, but in the receiving game as well. He does seem to kill Howard and breed his value. So yeah. I would imagine he was probably – I know I picked him up in a lot of places just because I want to see what they- – if they continue to use him the way that they are, Gaskin might actually be a very interesting – Running who, uh, back, especially with the injuries we've seen. Who knew
2: Brita owners would wish he was still in San Francisco?
1: Yeah, I know. Golly. Uh, speaking of San Francisco, they won their game 31-13. Jimmy G, uh, 13 points, gets hurt in this one. Raheem Mostert, 18 points, gets hurt in this one. Tevin Coleman, 6 points. We find out he is injured today as well. So that all comes down to Jarek McKinnon, who has 13 points. And then Jordan Reed with the huge game here, 24 points. I guess the big let's save Reed for a minute. Jarek McKinnon, he's clearly the guy now there. I think the only they have Jeff Wilson and I think they've got Jamichael Hasty on their their mm-hmm. practice squad. We'll see if they bring Hasty up. But right now, as long as McKinnon can stay healthy, we talked about it last week. If he was on your waiver wire, get him, because I thought if most gets hurt, he's gonna be the guy with the game that we saw lo and behold you know i didn't want that to happen but lo and behold Mostert get hurt and so does coleman we found out today coleman has a knee injury he's out for a couple weeks so it's going to be yeah, the he, mckinnon coleman,
2: coleman's actually the worst uh injury yeah. i guess so um but yeah i think mckinnon and wilson probably going to split this week they're playing the giants so it should be a, a run friendly offense mckinnon's McKinnon's looked really good. I mean, he converted a third and 31. I know it's the Jets, but a third and 31 yesterday. He looks pretty tight with still trying to figure out what they're doing at receiver. Still, I'm guessing because they complained about the surface in New York and they're in the same stadium, they're not going to try to use Kittle. That's just a guess. But if you had a guy you were concerned about his knee and you saw that playing surface as being subpar, I don't think you're rushing back your franchise tight end. So, you know, it could definitely be a good game for Jarek McKinnon. We saw what Montgomery did against uh, the Giants. We saw what Snell did against the Giants. So, give me Jarek McKinnon.
1: Yeah, well, that that leads perfectly into to the Reed question. Here is that Reed looked really good. He looked like yeah. the vintage guy we have seen in Washington. He was a top tight end then. So, with what we saw out of Reed that was going to be my question. I kind of feel like if he's available and you're the Kittle owner, you have to pick him up because at this point yeah. I would think they don't play him next week. It's like, you know what? Don't worry about it. Take another week. Let's make sure you're fully healthy. We've got a guy who can step up. Cause we didn't mm-hmm. see this kind of stuff from Ross Ross Dwelly and all them. So if you, you picked up Reed, I think you, if he's available, you pick him up. I would almost bet just like what you said, that Kittle is going to be out again this week.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and we always thought, this is what you can expect from Jordan Reed. If he can stay healthy and on the field and in a good offense and some of his best years, I think were when Shanahan was there in Washington, his guy who knows him yeah. and you know, they wanted that insurance. They love using the tight end in the passing game. I would fire him up. Giants are not great against tight ends. Either.
1: No. Yeah. Giants aren't great against anybody. If we've learned anything in the past two weeks, yeah. uh, On the Jets' side here, they're not good against anybody, nor do they have anybody good for fantasy, really. Uh, Sam Darnold, 11 points. Frank Gore, 6. You know, I guess great call by Dennis. He did mention Braxton Berrios. 11 or 17.9 points. And then Chris Herndon, just 1.5, did have a dropped uh, touchdown in this one. I mean, I, we talked about it last Monday and I'm still on the same train Unless crowders out there. There's no one for me. I'm just, yeah. I'm not doing it. I don't care what Braxton Barrios did this week. I'm not starting him. I'm assuming you agree with that.
2: Yeah. I think the jets are an avoid.
1: Yeah. At least until Adam Gase is fired and then watch all these guys blow up. Cause that's what happens when Adam Gase leaves a team, uh, Rams and Eagles Rams won this one pretty easily. 37 to 19, uh, golf has 23 points, uh, Henderson has a huge game here with 20 points. Malcolm Brown, after the big game last week, just comes in with four points. Woods, 11. Cup, 13. And Tyler Higby, uh, you know, makes me. Re- I should have ranked him high this week, not week one, because he comes in with a huge game in this one, 28.4 points. I think if you were off on Higby, he clearly showed you. You just got to leave him in your lineup. Hope I know a lot. I saw a lot of people all over Twitter yesterday talking about after his week one they benched him and they severely paid for that this week.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think Higby, this is what we saw flashes of at the end of last year, I think his a little bit of a slow start. I didn't take him out of lineups. I was a little underwhelmed by we th- I thought he would have a good game against Dallas. But this, they like him. They plan to use him. He got a big contract extension early last year, and a lot of people, are including myself, are scratching their heads. You kind of saw it as they went down. That, I think, is a big reason why they moved on from Brandon Cooks.
1: Uh, Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown both get hurt in this one, and we saw Darrell Henderson step up. Uh, I think he's probably assuming Jarek McKinnon. Actually, no, yeah, assuming Jarek McKinnon is own. Darrell Henderson's probably going to be my number one waiver wire ad guy. I mean, he looked phenomenal <laughs> in this game. Uh, your thoughts on him?
2: Yep, maybe a post type sleeper because this is what we yeah. thought we might see when he got drafted last year. Sounds like Akers might be in line to miss Brown. That was like a hand injury, but you know, the Rams are going to use multiple backs and they've yeah. said all along that they liked Henderson. So,
1: yeah, and it should be second. owned. He, he definitely looked good yesterday. Uh, Wentz comes in with 20, uh, 12 points. I'm sorry, Miles Sanders, 20 points. Rager, 8. DJ, 12. Goddard, 7. And Zach Ertz, 9. You know, we talked about it. He, I talked about it Friday. Even with the bad line, I wasn't worried about Miles Sanders. I still think he's good. As long as he's not injured, in my opinion, he's, he's a phenomenal running back. You've got to use him. Outside of Sanders, though, I kind of feel like if you had Wentz, you need to find another option. And outside of Sanders, I think it's just Goddard and Ertz are the only guys that you can start at this point.
2: Yeah, agreed. You know, we've got to see some better improvement from their line and from their team in general. They, they look like they're a little bit lost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't I didn't want to talk about this game because it's it's obviously not a great game for you, even though I thought it ended up being a really good game with your backup quarterback. But they they played really
2: hard. Uh, Yeah. You know, it's just a lot of a lot of injuries. I was probably more impressed with the way they played in this game than some of what I saw in the Titan game, which I thought they should have been a little bit better. But Sutton. You know, it's now gone for the year Torres ACL and his MCL because we can't do anything halfway here in Denver. Um, Lindsey's out. They still have – they have a horrific rushing matchup again next week uh, facing Tampa Bay. Driscoll I thought looked decent. Noah Fant I would fire up. Judy and Hamler are going to have a lot of on-the-job growing to do, but um, they didn't look too bad. Yep.
1: Yeah, and I mean, hey, the one thing I'll say for Driscoll is he did that against one of the better defenses in the league too in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So that that says something about him. I don't think, you know, now that he's out there, you know, I think was Locke supposed to miss three or four weeks? Three, it's an AC three joint, to five weeks,
2: yeah, three to five three weeks. To five so weeks. I mean,
1: for me, you're not. I don't think you're necessarily downgrading anybody on this offense because he showed again against one of the really good defenses that he could he could hang in there with them. But he gets you eight point eighteen points. Melvin Gordon sixteen points uh Cortland Sutton again nine points before the injury unfortunately Judy 10 Hamler 8 and then Noah Fant 17 again we talked about it Friday too we mentioned that we did not at the time think Cortland Sutton was going to play that we thought Fant was the guy who was going to take the step up not necessarily Judy uh Fant's now going to be the number one option Uh, I think for me it's really going to be interesting to see what Judy can do because I think he thrives more with Cortland Sutton out there and without Sutton there, Judy's going to be that one. So that'll be the interesting thing for me, but I'm with you. I think Fant is the one guy for sure. You're firing up. He looks like he's going to be an absolute star.
2: And Gordon to me is touchdown dependent. Um, You know, he got you 16 yesterday because he got a 20 yard pass for a touchdown near the end. And he got, I think 14 week one because he fell into the end zone at the end. So you know, I would be a little concerned looking at the scores. You're like, oh, well, he's doing fine. Tough matchups. He's not making it on yards. I don't know how yeah. often you can count on getting that fourth quarter touchdown because in both cases, it was an end of the game, fourth quarter touchdown.
1: Let's see here. Oh, I just want to throw out really quick too before we move on from, from fan. I did have him as my tight end one in that class. Just saying, everybody else was all talking about TJ Hawkinson, and and Noah Fant looks to be the better player. So, on Pittsburgh side, Big Ben eighteen points, James Conner, I mean, just duped all of us twenty points in this one. Benny Snell one point, Juju eleven points, Deontay Johnson twenty three, Claypool seventeen, and Ebron seven. Uh, you know, Snell fumbled and Connor dominated the touches. I think, you know, we did talk about this Friday because there was a talk that Connor was going to be back. It's one of, like, you're going to start Connor now, I guess, if he's out there, but it's one of those things. I just, I'm avoiding this backfield at all costs if I can, especially when, it, I mean, Connor looked good, but I, I just, I don't know. You There's no... I could honestly easily see him getting hurt again and like three plays in next week and then it goes back to Benny Snell. So it, it's just kind of is what it is there. The interesting thing for me is is the wide receivers because I kind of feel like Deontay Johnson is the guy now. We we I talked about it week one. Like obviously Juju and Ben have a great connection, and we saw Juju look like he bounced back in that week one. But Deontay Johnson still got more targets, and it just looked like him and Ben just didn't kind of have that connection in week one. He looked he, he looked good in this game. Had the big touchdown. Claypool had a bunch of big games as well. Ebron gets you the seven points. So, what are your thoughts, kind of on this on this wide receiver core? Where I also don't think with Big Ben's arm, they plan on throwing it five hundred times.
2: Yeah, I think also against Denver is a little bit of coverage. Um, Claypool's big play and Johnson's touchdown both came when they were matched up against rookie corner Michael Oj Um and. Juju was hardly ever matched up there. They were using Callahan and Kareem Jackson. Yeah. Gotcha. So uh, that's not where I would choose to throw the ball. You know. Right. Right. Uh, but I think the the big thing for me is Claypool looks like he's got more explosion than maybe you know we weren't sure exactly. I and mean, there was a lot of talk is he really just a big tight end? He looks like he may be displacing uh, Washington.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm glad. I actually just did what well, you guys know because I talked about it in the chat. I just traded James Washington a week ago. Unfortunately, it was to get Paris Campbell, and that uh, is not working out for me at the moment. But at least I moved on from Washington. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited for Claypool because he was a guy that everybody's talking about. He can't play a wide receiver. He's going to have to move to tight end. He's looked damn good as a wide receiver the past two weeks. So if you ended up drafting him when a lot of people were fading him, you're pretty happy right now. Uh Panthers, Buccaneers, uh Bucks won this one 31 to 17. Teddy Bridgewater, eight points. CMC twenty four. Mike Davis fifteen. Robbie Anderson seventeen. And DJ Moore twenty. CMC uh got the high ankle sprain in that game. Uh they've now said he's out four to six weeks, correct?
2: Yep, four to six weeks.
1: So I would imagine just seeing the kind of competitor that CMC is. He'll probably try and make it back in that four weeks. Doesn't mean he's going to be fully healthy. Ankle sprains are not easy to deal with to begin with. Uh, but you're looking like at least four weeks. I think if you're the CMC owner, if you don't have Mike Davis, do everything you can to get him because he's looked like the guy. They talked about it all through practice, and and he looked good in the game yesterday. The wide receiver core, we talked about it last week. I thought Robbie Anderson was kind of a fluke. It looks good again in this one. DJ Moore does still have the good game. Is it kind of those two? I've been yeah. pumping the Curtis Samuel, yeah. the, the the hype train. I feel like that's gone like off, off the out. tracks.
2: I feel like he might be the odd guy out. Um, because the other thing is Bridgewater doesn't look great.
1: See here, what was I at? So, oh, Tampa Bay. Uh, Brady gets you eight points. Ronald Jones, 10 has the fumble, which you see. He, all of a sudden, Leonard Fournette comes in. He gets you 27 points. Evans, 23. Scotty Miller has the huge bad game this week three points. Gronk, zero. And Howard, two. Uh, OJ Howard, just two points. So it definitely seemed to be the Mike Evans game here, which was weird because this defense, while they weren't good against the run, they really struggled against the pass as well. I thought this would be a more pass heavy game, regardless. We saw Fournette have the big game here. I almost wonder if maybe this is something where Tampa Bay is all of a sudden reaching out to some of these teams that have lost all their running backs. I'm like, hey, Ronald Jones is available if anybody is interested. Yeah,
2: I don't think it bodes well for our friend Ronald Jones. Uh, you know, I also just think they were able to grind it out. Mike Evans still not 100%. Uh, you know, the real... I think the real thing we can say is uh, Gronkowski is um, not going to give us what we were looking for, Uh, but, you know, I I think they just found success running. Ronald Jones got a touchdown then had the fumble for net. Looks like they're grinding it out. Um, We'll see when they play teams where they have to get kind of in that more passing uh, zone, but, you know, they dominated the game, so it's hard to, pick nits too much. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, and it'll, I mean like Godwin coming back, I think is honestly going to probably help Howard more because you're going to have that focus more on Evans and Howard in my, or Evans and Godwin. In my opinion, I've been talking about it all off season. I'm pretty sure you and Dennis were on the same page. I mean, none of us were really in on Gronkowski. We, we were kind of, you know, it was all one of those things. we like, yeah, he might be something toward the end of the year. I think he's more of a playoff guy. We're not expecting him to do anything for today. I loved all the people who were all in on him, though, because it allowed those other tight ends to drop. But he was not someone we were we were all in on. And I mean, I think it's if Fournette's going to be the guy moving forward. A passing touchdown. It was a passing and a rushing touchdown. Yeah, I know he had the huge rushing touchdown. Didn't he get a passing one too? Um, I thought
2: that it
1: was just too. Was it two touchdowns? rushing touchdowns? Okay, maybe it was two. Right. I knew we got the two. I thought it was a passing and a rushing. I know. Brady, I
2: know. Brady only had eight points, and Evans got a uh, passing okay. touchdown. Yeah, yeah sure, all the red, no
1: more yeah, yeah, I mean, I saw the last one at the end of the game. So, and like I said, Ricky kind of called that too on our start sit show. He was like, Fournette's going to have a couple big runs in this one, and going to put Ronald Jones to bed." And that is definitely happening. Washington and Arizona, Arizona wins this one, 32, 15 Haskins, 11 points, Antonio Gibson, 12, but most of that's because of his touchdown run. McCorin gets you 25 Thomas six, you know, Gibson, again, he gets that touchdown kind of saves your day. I'm still not all in on him. I think this offensive line is really bad. I'm I, I, for me, it's just McCorin. I get Thomas looked good. I think yeah. he dropped a, t- a touchdown as well in this one. So I think, with as bad as tight end is, I'm kind of still in on Logan Thomas. But for me, it's just McLaurin and Logan Thomas. What are, What are you doing with this Washington team?
2: I agree. You know, we need to see Haskins develop a little bit more uh, sustaining passing um, because a lot of the upside that we thought we might get with Antonio Gibson was as a receiver, and it's just not materializing.
1: Yeah, I mean, hey. They got to get right secondary this week against Cleveland, so we might see it. We just might see Haskins look good as a passer. On Arizona's side here, everybody comes through for you except, well, Kenyon Drake, it looks like. Kyler Murray, 32 points. DeAndre Hopkins, 20 points. uh, Fitzgerald, 12. Christian Kirk, 8. And then Drake, 11. And Chase Edmonds, 4. I don't want to bail on Kenyon Drake yet, but I'm a little worried. I kind of feel like because of Hopkins, that's Uh where I think we're seeing the Hopkins effect on Murray. we saw it on Deshaun Watson. He doesn't check down because he knows he can go to Hopkins and it's like Hopkins is going to catch the ball. I kind of feel like that's what we're seeing here.
2: It's the same threat that we have for teams like Buffalo and some of these other ones where you have a running quarterback. Kyler Murray ran. For yeah. at least two touchdowns yep. yesterday. So to me, Drake's not been a huge part of the passing game. He's splitting time with Chase Edmonds. He's a low end rb 2
1: Yeah, unfortunately. But I mean, like I wanna hate on it, but God, Murray looks so damn good. Like over the week so far. It's he's so good. It's
2: working for the for their team. And I you know, I think Drake wants to be part of a winner. It's not like he's doing anything yep. bad, it's just the way they're finding success.
1: Yeah, so Dennis, if you listen to this, just reminding you, Kyler Murray looks really damn good. Really damn good. And I'm pretty sure one of your co-hosts said that last year. Kyler Murray's a stud. He's going to be a stud. MVP pick, too. That's my MVP pick. Although Josh Allen looks really good, too. I might be wrong. I might end up going to Josh Allen. I honestly don't want to talk about this game. Kansas City nah. wins this one 23-20. I think they should have lost this game, in my opinion. Mahomes ends up coming through for you. 27 points, CEH 13, Tyreek Hill 21, and Kelsey 24. I mean, you
2: you know. You can put to bed all the Sammy Watkins talk. It's the yeah. core four. Well, we and talked C- about that last week anyways. CEH so we're we, going to we, have big games and intermediate yeah. games, and then – It's going to be the same with all of the core four.
1: Yeah. Again, I don't don't want to take a victory lap yet because it is just one week, but we said that same thing. Like, yeah, CEH, it looked good. It was one week, though. CEH is he's a really good player. But, again, it's what happened in this game, the big play to Hill the big plays to Kelsey, that limits the amount of work that you can get for a guy like CEH, so he's going to have these games. And then he's going to have the games where they rely solely on him. You're not going to know. He's still, you're going to start him every single week, but he's not going to get you the Taylor or Dobbins if Dobbins ever gets the starting job. You're, there, you're not going to get the points out of those two that you're going to get to CEH because of that. I mean,
2: he's still. Uh, I think he still ends up being a low-end RB1, especially the state of the position.
1: Oh, I agree with you, especially now with the injuries. I mean, I think you guys both had him. as I had him at 13, so it's not like I was far off of a no. one. It was right there. So we all expect him to be good, but you're not going to get those 25-point games you got in week one out of him every single week. Uh, let's see here. On the Chargers' side, Justin Herbert. I'm going to save him for last. Eckler, yeah. 18 points. Joshua Kelly, 13. Keenan Allen, 16. Mike Williams, 3. And Hunter Henry, 14. I, I mean... You're starting your guys. I think Eckler, Kelly, Allen, and Henry are all startable if Herbert's the guy, but it doesn't look like it's going to be the guy. You have got Anthony that was Allen out the here. Most frustrating. Yeah. You know, for
2: after what you saw from Herbert and knowing that he was taken to be the franchise quarterback, their offense looked demonstrably better against a much better team. Yep. And the first thing he comes out and says is Tyrod's still our guy
1: my you know yeah i
2: know my chargers until you, you can
1: yeah my my hope is i mean well so herbert gets you 22 points i was trying to save that because my thing with herbert is not only did he look impressive i think if you put into context the fact that he was starting with the backups all week in practice no first team reps because they didn't know he was going to start and then it's Five minutes before game time, this guy finds out he's starting against the Super Bowl champions. With a, now, they were missing a couple pieces on defense yesterday, but still, for the most part, the entire defense that they just won a Super Bowl with, and he goes out there and shredded him and could have had a better game had he not missed a couple throws. I'm hoping that Anthony Lynn is saying what he's saying as in like a respect thing to Tyrod Taylor. And it's just going to be one of those things where Tyrod Taylor's like 99% for the next couple of weeks until Herbert solidifies it. But I mean, if, if Tyrod is the starter, I think you, you have to start Eckler, but you downgrade everything else because you just can't, you can't start any of those guys. And even Eckler takes that hit. But if it's Herbert, I think, and I honestly think you can start Kelly too with the way they're using him. But, if if it's yeah. not Herbert, it, it's just I mean I loved it though. I ordered my Herbert shirt yesterday. I was so fucking thrilled for that kid. I'm so happy. But
2: I, I still think no matter what he says, one or two more non plus games, and
1: yeah,
2: and there's going to be a lot of loud rumblings because they could fall out of it pretty early if yeah. they can't win games.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hope because, like I said, uh, that that whole offense just looked completely revitalized with him out there. So it, it was a completely different game than we saw. And you shouldn't have expected that. You should have beat the Bengals the way that you played against the Chiefs yesterday. And so it was it was amazing to me, and I'm hoping. Like I said, it's just a respect thing but that's not actually going to happen. Uh, this is the last game that we're going to do for today. Uh, we're going to save the Sunday night football game to break down with tomorrow's Monday night game, which is Saints-Oakland tonight. I'm sorry, saints las vegas tonight ravens <laughs> win against uh the texans 33 to 16 kind of expected it lamar jackson 17 points ingram 15 dobbins 7 edwards 7 Marquise hollywood brown 9 and andrews 3 um and i know to be all honest ingram got most of his points on that like 60 yard run at the end of the game too yeah. so I think it's just one of those bad games for Baltimore. We saw a couple of these last year. They had one against Cleveland as well. You're just going to get these. You're not going to get that the best offense in the league every single game. You know, we saw that from the Chiefs well, their, as well. Their defense
2: actually scored
1: yeah, uh, a, a touchdown. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So, I mean, Peters I mean, had a couple good or Peters had that really good pick. Yeah, I think it's you're not panicking on anybody. Actually, I'm kind of panicking on Mark Ingram, but outside of Ingram, you're not panicking on Brown. Lamar or Andrews. I mean, do you, are you panicking on Ingram at all?
2: No, not panicking, but I think this split was more what we had, we had thought, you know, week one, you saw Dobbins just explode and everybody else take a back seat. We saw Gus Edwards again this week, getting kind of similar run to what Dobbins was getting and Mark Ingram that, that happens, you know, that happened a lot last year. Mark Ingram, I still think is probably the safest starting option. He's probably a high end RB three.
1: I will say on on Dobbins thing. I think a lot of that had to do with he missed a a pass block early in the game, and Lamar Jackson almost got killed. And after that happened, Dobbins was like nowhere to be seen for two quarters. So I kind of feel like that's what played into that a that, little that's bit. That's what's going to happen
2: with rookies yeah. too. I
1: well, mean, yeah. they're their way in. As and
2: much I as I love. Look- they-
1: that was his biggest weakness coming out of college too.
2: So. I think if they get up big, he's the one
1: that they're going to want to look
2: at the most. But when they're in competitive games, they're probably going to use their veterans more
1: on Houston side. Watson gets 14 points. David Johnson, just seven Brandon cooks, 14 will fuller zero Jordan Aikens another good week with 12. And then uh, Darren fells with 10. So, is Akins a guy too that we should add to this tight end list. I don't know how many yeah. people actually went and picked him up. It's two weeks in a row that he's looked really good for the Texans.
2: I went and got him after last week because it feels like they Watson likes to use the tight end and right now no receiver or running back. Does he really have seemingly have a ton of trust? The biggest shocker to me here was zero for Will Fuller. I, it didn't even look like he really got targeted much. I know yeah. they probably blanketed him with coverage. I looked Real quick afterwards, I was like, oh, shoot, he must have gotten hurt, too. Didn't get hurt. just No.
1: Well, I think a lot of that goes to Marlon Humphreys and Jimmy Smith are just – they're good. I mean, they they can shut down the best of them. I think that's who they bracketed because you saw Brandon Cooks have the huge game today. So I think you're just not going to know between those two. I think you have to start fuller regardless every single week because we saw what we saw week one. I mean, it was it was just a bad matchup. But I, I'm with you. I think Akins is a guy. If he wasn't, if he wasn't picked up last week, he's a guy. If you need a tight end badly, target him because I think he's going to be a focal point. He's so athletic too. Like I think he's going to yeah. be a huge focal point moving forward. Uh, and David Johnson, I mean, <laughs> you know, don't bail yet because he did look really good in that game against Kansas City. But and I, let's I think, see, uh,
2: let's see Houston play somebody that's not an yeah. AFC title contender.
1: Yeah, exactly. As as a Browns fan who saw what Baltimore did Week One, Baltimore is going to stop a lot of people. They're a good team, as yeah. much as I hate as much as I hate to admit it. The Ratbirds got a good team going on there in Baltimore. All right, so that is going to do it for us today. Like I said, we're going to save the Monday or the Sunday night game that was really good between the Patriots and Seahawks. Damn good game. I didn't even get the chance to finish watching it, but I plan on finish watching the rest of it tonight, even though I know what happened. Uh, we're going to break that down tomorrow with hopefully what's going to be a good Monday night game tonight between the New Orleans Saints and the Las Vegas. Vegas Raiders. So, me and Matt will be back tomorrow breaking down those games and talking about the waiver wires.
0: Prepare for glory. I do know if you got your pop on there. Do you got your pop on it? I came out like the one wide already. And he's hit the for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throwing up above his head, they can't jump and leave. Golly! Only oh, tackle him in the 40 yard line. Who can make a play? I can!
1: Who can make a play? I can! <laughs> <laughs>